Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Well, hey there, future paleontologists. I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to the podcast. It's a very, very cold, wintry day in South Central Texas, where I'm located. We didn't get snow. I live near San Antonio. We didn't get any snow this time, but we did get a lot of ice. You have to remember, living where I live, we don't see snow very often, so it's always kind of exciting for us. You know, it was last year at this time we had this incredible snowstorm, which nobody was prepared for. And uh, so I'm quite glad that we didn't have that situation again this year. Wherever you are, whatever season it is for you, welcome to the show. I hope everybody is doing well. Give you a couple of numbers. Number one, we have now had 248,134 downloads of this podcast. So it continues to grow, and I'm so proud of it. And we've added yet another new country to our list of listeners. We are now heard in 124 countries around the world, and that includes 7,895 different cities. So thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sharing with your friends and family. That really helps a bunch. Uh, It helps spread the word. And I want to give a special thank you to all the parents who allow your, your child to listen to this podcast. I appreciate that you recognize that it's a safe environment and it's family friendly. And I'm really thrilled. When I read comments from you all where you are listening along with your children, I don't have children of my own, but I had my niece. I lived with my niece when she was three and (laughs) watching the same television show 75 or same movie 75 times in a row can very be very taxing. And so for you parents who are kind enough to, participate in the craziness that is this podcast. I just wanted to give you a personal thank you for uh, for, for putting up with it. <laughs> all right, I want to give some shout outs. First of all, shout out to all of our current and new Patreon club members. We have so our club just continues to grow and I'm so thankful for that. That's absolutely great. Also, Uh, Earlier this week, we were in McKinney, Texas with our traveling museum, and we stopped at Reed Elementary to get to see all the students there. So shout out to all of the students at Reed Elementary. And then I was able to do a couple of private lessons since my last podcast. One was for Lucas and Bryce, who I did a private lesson with them, which was a lot of fun. Uh, You guys know so much about dinosaurs, and I was glad I got to see you both again. And then... I got a chance to do a private lesson for Eli and Easton, which was a lot of fun. 
Uh, Eli, that laugh of yours, I, I, I can still laugh every time I see the look on your face. <laughs> such a, such a funny kid. You guys are great, Mom. Thank you so much for having me um, get to speak to Eli and Easton. And then I also wanted to give out a couple of other shout outs. One is to my little friend, Freddie, who's from Winlock, Washington, who's going to be turning five years old on February the 9th. And that's a couple of days from now, but I know I won't have time to do a podcast between now and then. So, Freddie, happy birthday, my friend. You are turning five. Let's see, who do we want to get to sing happy birthday this time? Now, let me say this for the record. I have checked this studio to make sure that little Velociraptor doesn't come in here and do his cha-cha-chas. That drives me nuts. I'm trying to get a dinosaur to sing happy birthday, and this thing runs in, says cha-cha-cha, and then runs back out again. He's little, so he can hide anywhere, but I've looked everywhere, so I don't have to worry about this. So, uh, uh, Freddie, let's get a... Who are we going to get? Well, we're going to get a Mosasaur this time. I have a Mosasaur in the studio. So we're going to get a Mosasaur to sing happy birthday. While it's singing happy birthday, I will be paying attention, making sure that the little cha-cha-cha raptor doesn't make his appearance. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy. Wait. Wait. Are you kidding me? All right. I'm going to get a broom, and I'm going to chase this thing out of here. You guys keep keep singing. Happy birthday to you. Get out of here, you stinking raptor. Come back here. Oh, ow, 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 bite. He's biting. He's biting. Stop biting. Ow, get out. Come back. Happy birthday, dear Freddy. Happy birthday to you. Whew. All right. I'm back. Wow. That got a little crazy. I got him, but man, that thing is fast. Bit me on the leg. So anyway, happy birthday to you, Freddie. <laughs> and finally... I want to uh, give another special shout out. You know, I, I mentioned to you parents who are kind enough to listen with your, with your, uh, with your child or your children. Um, I, I wanted to give a shout out to Adish's dad who sent me one of the nicest messages. And I just want your dad to know Adish that uh, you should be honored that you are learning from someone like your dad. Um, dad is learning alongside of Adish, spending time with him, listening to the podcast, being a, Patreon club member. And I just wanted to, to tell you, I read your very kind note and, uh, I wanted to say thank you so very much for taking time to write. And I appreciate that very much. All right. Feature creature today is going to absolutely blow your mind. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. The world was filled with very strange and unusual dinosaurs, but this one is an oddball. 
Its name is Balur Bondak. Its first name is Balur. Its last name is Bondak. All dinosaurs, all animals have a scientific first and last name. We always use Rex. When we say Tyrannosaurus, we always include its last name, which is Rex. But we don't do that with any other dinosaurs. We call Brachiosaurus, Brachiosaurus. We call Apatosaurus, Apatosaurus. We call Stegosaurus, Stegosaurus. But we rarely include their last name. And their last name, by the way, something else. Scientifically, when you write the name of a dinosaur, its first name, the first letter of its first name is always capitalized. The first letter of its last name is not capitalized. So if you ever write Tyrannosaurus Rex, the T in Tyrannosaurus is capitalized or uppercase. The Rex should be lowercase or not capitalized. That's just the scientific rule. So, Balur Bondak. Now, I will say this about Balur. Let me give you some facts first, and then I'll go back to what I want to tell you. This is an animal. This is a dinosaur that's not very large. It was between 1.8 to 2.1 meters long. That's like between six and seven feet long. It probably weighed about as much as a uh, turkey. It was found in Romania. And, and here's what I want to say about its name. When I was doing research on how to pronounce its name, it's spelled B as in boy, B-A-L-A-U-R, Balur. That's how I would pronounce it. But a friend of mine who's from Romania, I called him and said, how would you pronounce this? He said, I would pronounce it Balaur, like three syllables, Balaur. Uh, with the second A being emphasized, Balaur. So I don't know if the true pronunciation is Balaur or if it's Balur. But my Romanian friend said Balaur. I would tend to think he would know more than I know. So I'm going to call it Balaur from now on. But Balur is usually the way you'll hear most people pronounce it. So it was discovered in Romania. It lived in the late Cretaceous about 70 million years ago. It is a biped. What does it mean when you are a biped? That's right. It means you walk on two legs. Now, its diet is not known. It's unknown. Why? Because they didn't find enough, enough of the skull. They don't know. Some paleontologists believe it was an omnivore. Some paleontologists believe it was a carnivore. But whatever the case, the name Balaur, Bondak, the word Balaur is the word given to a mythological dragon from Romania. Um, uh, uh, a, uh, its name basically means dragon. Bondak is Romanian for heavy or stocky. So its name is Balor Bandak, which would be translated in English to stocky dragon. It was discovered in 1997 and described in 2010. Remember what we said about what is the difference between being discovered and described. 
Described means somebody sat down and did the scientific research paper describing everything about it, and therefore that's when the animal is given a name. Sometimes, most all the time, when a when skeletal remains are found, they will give those remains a number, usually including the date that is found and that kind of stuff. But once the scientific paper is written, then it gets a legitimate name. So it was discovered in 1997, but described in 2010. One more time, the reason why so much time can can transpire between those being discovered is one thing, but before you can go give it a name, you have to excavate and take it completely out of the, out of the surrounding rock. You have to be able to see every bone before you can tell anybody what it is. You have to know what you're looking at. You can't look at the bones in the ground and guess. So it takes a long time to, to uh, prepare it. And usually when the bones are found, they're often broken. And if they're broken, they've got to be fixed and glued back together. All of that takes a lot of time. And then writing the paper can take time. So it was discovered in 1997, described in 2010, and they found two partial skeletons of this dinosaur, which is always helpful because it helps you understand them a little bit better. But unfortunately, the skull wasn't included in either one of those. And that leaves us with having to guess what it ate. Now, this dinosaur is about the same size as a velociraptor. And in fact, when it was first discovered, scientists considered it a member of the dromaeosaurid family. Dromaeosaurs are the ones that raptors belong to. That's Utah raptor and velociraptor and Deinonychus and, and dromaeosaurus and all those guys. So they believed Balaur was a member of the dromaeosaur family. But after more study, some other paleontologists think, no, this belongs to, to the Avalais group, the, the bird group. That includes modern birds. Avalais. So it's not part of the raptor family anymore. I think it's now considered to be in the bird group. Yes, birds are related to raptors, but they're not the exact same family. Remember how I told you dinosaurs, animals are put into family, families based on all of their bones, not just something. In other words, if you walk on two legs, that doesn't mean you fit into the family of Tyrannosaurus rex. You have to have all of the right kind of bones and the correct kind of things before you can be put into a family. So some scientists still believe it belongs into the raptor, the dromaeosaur family. Others believe it belongs in the aviolae family, which is the birds. Whatever the case is, it has a bird-like structure, but it's a pretty heavy-duty little animal. It's not light like velociraptors. It's not skinny, lightweight, thin bones like the dromaeosaurs. That's why they don't believe it fits into that family. Remember, its name is Stocky Dragon. To be stocky means to be kind of heavy, to be sort of strong. This little dinosaur is not like the other, uh, other raptor-like dinosaurs, where they rely on speed. This guy's a brute. 
this thing is a brute. So it fits into that family group. It was found on what was used to be an island, the Haddock Island. This island, it's not an island anymore, but it used to be when the dinosaur was alive. This is the, the, the island that is known as the Island of Dwarf Dinosaurs. This used to be an island or a chain of islands. When animals are on an island, separated from all the other animals, you see a lot of very unusual changes that can occur. For instance, if you live on an island, let's say at one time before it was an island, it was a land mass where anybody could walk back and forth to it. But over time, it slowly separated or the ocean moved in and turned it into an island. Well, if you are an island, if you're on an island and food is limited, being giant is not a good thing. Because it takes a lot of food to keep you alive. But if you're smaller, it's easier to survive in a smaller area. Well, they call this the Island of Dwarf Dinosaurs because they have discovered miniature versions of giant dinosaurs that exist in other places. Why are they miniature? Why did they remain small? Because they lived in a limited environment. So if you were a Tyrannosaur, you weren't going to be as big as Tyrannosaurus Rex because you don't have as much food. If you were an Allosaurid, you're not going to become as big as an Allosaurus because you don't have as much food. So in the case of Balaur, it remains small, but it's still kind of a strong little critter. So, hey, I may be small, but I'm still powerful. That might have meant that if it is a carnivore, it was capable of attacking prey a little bit bigger than itself. It can't attack giant prey, but there probably wasn't giant prey. They were probably all miniature versions. Now, there are some instances where an island can also make you gigantic. Take, for instance, Australia. There were, now Australia is a gigantic island. It's, it's a continent, but... There were other smaller islands around there where some animals got really large. They sort of took over, outcompeted everybody, so they don't have as much competition, so maybe they can become larger. Some of the big, the big birds got that way, the moas. They grew gigantic because they outcompeted everybody. Now, if you're by yourself or you don't have as many competitors all fighting over the food source, you can also become giant on islands. But most islands, the animals are going to remain very small. And they're going to look a little different. Kind of weird. What happens when you're on an island is nature kind of says, hey, man, we don't have a lot of places to go. And everybody looks the same. I'm going to try to look a little different so maybe I can survive a little better. And that's where you see a lot of changes going on. That's where the evolutionary change or the changes with environment occur. When you start to see dinosaurs or other animals making these changes, think about now uh, animals that live on Madagascar today are quite different from those that live on the mainland of Africa. Because being on an island means that sometimes you, you see nature kind of spin a wheel and go, hey, let's try this. Let's try that. And that was the case of Balaur, that it lived on the island of dwarf dinosaurs and it stayed relatively small. One of the other changes we see in this animal is that it does have three fingers on its hands, like what you would expect a raptor to have. 
But in the case of Balaur, one of those fingers was becoming very small, or it was very small, and it was probably not functional, meaning it is something called a vestigial digit. Vestigial is a word that we give where you have something on your body that you don't use and it's slowly going away and it doesn't really do anything. It's sort of like the hand of Tyrannosaurus Rex. If you've ever seen a skeleton, you look and you go, hey, wait a minute. I thought that thing only had two fingers, but I see a third little tiny digit. That is a vestigial digit. Its ancestors had three fingers, but Tyrannosaurus was no longer using its hands, at least not for catching prey. And so in the case of uh, Balaur, it appears that it was losing its third digit and not being used for anything else. Now, I said that they put this into the family of birds, but it can't fly. It's too heavy for that. And it's not a fast animal either because it's very muscular. It's very robust. It's very stocky. That means... If it's a carnivore, it's hand, it's 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 fighting. It's it's attacking. It's using its power to overpower strength to overpower its prey. Now, with the clawed hands, one scientist said the fact that the digit is going away on the hand means it's not using its hands. And if it's not using its hands, maybe it's an omnivore or an herbivore. And doesn't need its hands to grasp grass and leaves. Deer, antelope, cows, horses, they don't use their hands to grasp food. They use their mouth. So one suggestion would be it was losing the digits on its hands because it wasn't using them anymore. If this were a true raptor-like dinosaur, it would you would expect its hands to be very functional. But they're really not. So, again, until they find the skull, it's left us with having to wonder why. If it doesn't fly, it's not a bird. It can't really fly. And how does it get its food? Well, it could climb and eat leaves like other animals do, or it could eat grass on the ground. But the thing that makes Balaur one of the strangest dinosaurs it has double sickle claws on its feet. Double sickle claws. If you've ever seen pictures, if you've ever seen a picture of um, of a raptor, you, of course, see the uh, curved claw on the foot, the sickle claw, right? That's why they thought this dinosaur belonged to that group originally. Well, this particular dinosaur has two of them side by side on each foot. So it's got four sickle claws instead of two. It's got two of them on each foot. Now, why would this animal have double sickle claws if it's not a carnivore? I believe it's a carnivore. But science is not about guessing and science is not about looking at one piece of evidence and making a hypothesis. You have to look at it. It's an entirety. What do you guys think? Is Balaur a double sickle clawed terror? Or is Balaur a harmless double sickle claw for protection herbivore? I don't know the answer. 
Maybe one day one of you will decide to become a paleontologist and one of you will figure it out. Maybe one of you, some, someone out there, maybe someone out there is going to go to Romania and is going to discover, is going to discover the skull of this dinosaur. And that is going to answer the question. Think about that. How exciting would that be? That if we had a listener on this podcast who decided to become a paleontologist, just think of the excitement it could be that several years from now, somebody could be saying, I found the skull of Balaur and it is a, and then we all anxiously wait, carnivore, herbivore, omnivore. Maybe we should take a vote. But anyway. That's what makes this dinosaur so amazing is it's got double sickle claws on each foot. Not one, but two. Again, if you would like to see what this dinosaur looks like, if you'd like to see what Balaur looks like, it's really kind of cool. All you have to do is just go search for him. And you know what? Let me tell you what. Okay. You guys want to know something amazing? Do you know that we have Where did it go? We have 129 listeners in Romania. We have 129 listeners in Romania. So, Romanian paleontologists, we're counting on you to answer the question. What is Balaur? And am I pronouncing it correctly? Or is it it pronounced... uh, the way I would pronounce it, which is Balaur. Whatever the case, that, my friends, is your feature creature, Balaur or Balaur, the double-sickled claw menace that I think would be absolutely crazy cool to learn about. Let's answer some Ask DG questions. How about it? Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, this first question comes from Yaj, who's seven years old from Kent, Washington. Hi, Dinosaur George or El Stinko. Okay, first of all, first of all, I am not El Stinko. (laughs) This is from Yaj's dad. My son is named Yaj. He likes your podcast very much. He wants to know who would win in a fight between Smilodon versus Dinosuchus. Goodbye, El Stinko. Okay, I am not El Stinko. Why? Why do you kids insist that I am El Stinko? No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Stronger than Superman. Smarter than Batman. Better than Spider-Man. El Stinko is the greatest superhero that ever lived. He defends humanity from dinosaur attacks. But I am not El Stinko. So who would win between a Smilodon and a Dinosuchus? Well... Unfortunately, Dinosuchus is about four to five times bigger than poor Smilodon. Smilodon's got those massive teeth. But unfortunately, I believe, uh, Yaj, that uh, Dinosuchus would have him 
for lunch. Stop calling me El Stinko. All right, Preston, age seven, from Harrison, Ontario, Canada, says, Hi, Dinosaur George. We're listening to you from Ontario, Canada. I listen with my dad, my stepmom, and my mom. I like to listen to you as I'm calming down before bed. But that's very good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Preston says, I want to learn more about dinosaurs that live in the water and why we think dinosaurs come from eggs. How do we know that? Well, because we actually find their eggs, Preston. Scientists actually find dinosaur eggs. And sometimes, sometimes the eggs still have the fossilized skeleton of the baby inside the egg. So we know which dinosaur it is. So that is how. That is how. All right, good question. All right, Oliver, who's six years old from Nevada, says, Dinosaur George, I love your podcast. Thank you, buddy. Can you do a podcast on Leviathan? I can't wait. I love dinosaurs. My favorite dinosaurs are Megalodon, Leviathan, Mosasaurus, and Ankylosaurus. Uh, Ankylosaurus. Uh, and then Oliver says, why was your fir- first podcast on, on Allosaurus? Why do you like Allosaurus? Well, you made a good point. My first podcast was on Allosaurus. Podcast number one was Allosaurus. Allosaurus has been my favorite dinosaur since I was little. When I was probably six or seven years old, one Christmas, I got a bag of dinosaur toys. And inside of that bag, there was an Allosaurus. But it looked way cooler, way cooler than all the other dinosaurs in that bag. And because it looked so cool, it became my favorite. That's the one I read about. That's the one I learned about. And as I grew up, that continued to be my favorite dinosaur. So, Allosaurus is on my logo for my company. There's an Allosaurus on uh, every shirt that I wear, on my business shirt. Allosaurus is my favorite. It will always be my favorite. And uh, that's why podcast number one was on my favorite dinosaur. All right. Hi, Dinosaur George. It's me, Nico Raptor. Hey, Nico Raptor. I haven't said hello in a while. How are you? I'm doing great, buddy. It's good to hear from you. Uh, I would like to know if there were any prehistoric porcupines. Uh, Yeah, there were. Porcupines, if I remember correctly, porcupines, I think they either migrated to South America or they came from South America into North America. I cannot remember which one it was. I almost think, I almost think that they actually started in South America and came to North America. Whatever the case, yeah, there were, I don't have any of their names. I I can't tell you their names, Nico Raptor, but there were prehistoric porcupines. Said, and my dad would like to know if there are any dinosaurs that live by the water other than Spinosaurus. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Probably all of Spinosaurus's cousins, because it appears that they have that same elongated nose, which would have meant that they would have been good for catching water animals and fish. So that would include um, who? Baryonyx, uh, Megaraptor, Suchomimus, Irritator. Still love that name. Uh, it would have been, it would have, there probably would have been a lot of them. There was a bunch more relatives that I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but there was a bunch of them. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, where did you go? Okay. Thank you. And we love your podcast. Please say hi to El Stinko for us. You are 100% not El Stinko. Thank you very much, Nico Raptor. 
Finally, somebody that understands. Yes, if I ever see El Stinko, I will tell him hello, hello from Nico Raptor and his family. But I rarely see him because he's a mystery. And I am 100% not El Stinko. Thank you for recognizing that, Nico Raptor. Congratulations. You're the smartest kid in the world. Okay, let's keep going. This is from Jerry and Johnny. Hi, Dinosaur George. We are new members. Jerry, age six, and Johnny, age four. Jerry has some podcast suggestions. Good. Welcome to the club, boys. Guanlong and Dwarf Allosaurus. Now, this these are interesting. Guanlong is a good one. The Dwarf Allosaur. You know, I just mentioned about that island with dwarf dinosaurs. This is a very interesting one. I should do that. These are great. Um... Jerry says, I think they'd make good podcasts because Guanlong is an early Tyrannosaur and the Dwarf Allosaurus is interesting because it's a dwarf type of Allosaur. I, very good. Those are great. And they said, thank you. And we love your podcast so much. Well, thank you, Jerry and Johnny, for becoming Patreon Club members. I appreciate you guys doing that. Mom, Dad, thank you all for supporting him and letting them join the member of the clubs. And those are very, very good suggestions. And I will absolutely try to include those. All right, here's another member of my Patreon club. This is T-Rex member Owen. Why were most carnivore dinosaurs bipedal? And were there any that walked on four legs? This is an excellent question. The reason, Owen, why they were bipedal is when dinosaurs were first appearing on Earth, they were competing with a lot of four-legged, big reptilian and mammal-like reptile animals. Being on two legs makes you more agile, meaning you can change directions faster. You could outmaneuver something on four legs chasing you down because you can turn a little faster. So most carnivores were bipedal because their ancestors were, because that's what gave them the advantage of being able to take over and rule the world. And so... Probably some of the new designs of Spinosaurus suggest they may have walked on all fours. There might have been some other dinosaurs that did, but they're not very common. If you're going to walk on all fours and you are a carnivore, then I think the only reason why you would do that is you're spending more time in the water. Being on two legs, I think, is more beneficial. At least that's what the fossil records suggest. And then Owen also asked, which was the first carnivorous dinosaur to be identified? Uh, that would be the first dinosaur ever identified, and that's Megalosaurus. Megalosaurus was the first dinosaur described, and it turned out to be a carnivore, so that would be the first one. Great questions. All right, this is from the Dasgupta family. This is for Junior. Junior wanted to know if Carnotaurus was stronger than T-Rex, and then he said, thank you. Well, you're welcome, Junior. Thank you for being a club member, buddy, and this is a very good question. Carnotaurus is probably fairly strong. It's not a giant carnivore, but he's certainly big compared to you and I. But it's not built the way Tyrannosaurus is built. So if you had a Tyrannosaurus and a Carnotaurus that were the same size, Tyrannosaurus would be stronger because its body is designed differently. Carnotaurus is certainly heavy duty. I'm not trying to make it seem like he's not. But I'm just saying that between these two, Tyrannosaurus Rex was probably stronger. But Carnotaurus was still a fairly strong dinosaur, maybe not made for fighting, maybe just made for running in with that big heavy-duty skull, 
knocking somebody down and then eating them? Whatever the case, it's a great question. And thank you for sending it to me, Junior. Okay. Uh, hi, Dinosaur George. I'm Zur. I don't know how to write yet, so I'm using my mom's voice text. Uh, very good. Good for you, buddy. Can I have a podcast about Shonisaurus? And I'm trying to be kind like you say. Well, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Zur. I am so proud. And I think it's pronounced Zur, right? It, it's spelled with a T, T-Z-U-R. I think it's Zur. I think that's how I pronounce I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. If I'm not, please don't be upset, but but just let me know if I pronounce it incorrectly. I'm so proud of you because at the end of this podcast, I tell everybody to be kind. And here's an example of a young uh, club member who is listening to that and is trying to follow that. Very, very proud of you. You go tell your mom and dad how proud Dinosaur George is of you. And they'll tell you they're proud of you too. Very proud of you. And you know what? Source is a very good one. You know what we might do? I'm getting ready to come up with our lessons for this next month. How about I do a lesson on Shonisaurus? Maybe I should do a lesson on Shonisaurus. I'll try to see if I can do that, but I'll definitely do a podcast on it. So thank you so much, buddy, and I'm very proud of you. Okay, Jack Raptor, another club member. Hello, I would like to know if in the situation of only having Ankylosaurus in its territory, would T-Rexes fight them? Thank you. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for the, for the courtesy of being polite. Yeah, I've said before that I don't think Tyrannosaurus has messed around with Ankylosaurus, at least adults. They would mess around with the babies. They'd try to eat the babies, probably. But to your point, if that's all that was available, would they take it on? Yeah, probably so. But they would have to be incredibly careful. It would be a very dangerous thing taking on an ankylosaurus. It's just a very dangerous animal. Dangerous in that it's very well protected and it's got that giant club on its tail. And man, listen, that would be something you would not want to mess around with. And I just think Tyrannosaurus is going to be incredibly careful if it does. All right. We're going to take a very short break, and when we come back, I will do some Who Would Wins. Then I'll jump over to the uh, Dinosaur George Kids page, and then I have an interview with a young Patreon Club member who I want to play as well. So let's take a very short break. Let's talk about the Traveling Dinosaur George Museum. We haven't done that in a while. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. You'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's Traveling Museum to your community today. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, weighing 16,000 pounds. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. 
right, my friends, this first one comes from Theo, who has a who would win to once and for all determine the identity of El Stinko. Theo's who would win is Dinosaur George versus El Stinko. All right. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Um, okay, wait a minute. Okay, let's, well, I guess we could size them up. Okay, well, let's see. Dinosaur George is five foot seven inches tall. El Stinko is, is five foot seven inches tall. Okay, Dinosaur George uses his right arm. That's his number one weapon. El Stinko, well, he, he uses his, his right arm. Um, okay, Dinosaur George has amazing stink bombs. They can fight any dinosaur. Poor El Stinko, he, he's, he's got some, he's got stink bombs too. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> My microphone is no longer working. <laughs> So I can't answer this question because the microphone is not working. Theo, I'm so sorry, but I can't answer this question. I'm I'm very sorry. My microphone broke, uh, and I can't answer that one. So um, uh, let's let's move on. You little stinking Theo! I know what you did there. I know what you did. Okay, Oliver from Connecticut says Indominus Rex versus Baryonyx. Ooh, Battle of the Claws, baby. Battle of the Claws. Baryonyx's gigantic thumb claw is super heavy duty, and that would make for a very, very effective weapon. Indominus Rex, on the other hand, has got height, power, oh, all the advantage, all the advantages. I'm going to tell you. As much as I love Baryonyx, Baryonyx's long skinny snout is not a good weapon for fighting big carnivores because you don't have the same bite force as a rounded snout. What I mean by that is the longer your nose is, the less strength the muscles have for closing your mouth. You can't have giant oversized muscles. You wouldn't be able to close your mouth. You wouldn't fit them all in there. It still has a strong bite, but it's just not as powerful. So in the case of Indominus Rex, I think, Oliver, that this fight is going to go to the man-made dinosaur built out of a test tube. He's going to beat my beloved Baryonyx. But let me add one more thing, though. Remember, if this dinosaur was built in a laboratory, it doesn't have all the experiences of a dinosaur that's growing up in nature. So maybe Baryonyx would be able to pull off this battle because it would know what to do. Indominus would walk up and be like, hello, my name is Indominus. Would you like to be friends? And Baryonyx is like, uh, dude, we're meat-eating dinosaurs. I don't know if you got the memo, but you're made of meat. Attack! <laughs> I still think Indominus might be bigger, though. All right, this is from George M. Hi, Dinosaur George. How about... Baryonyx versus Sukamimus. Whoa! Now you've got a little more even fight going on here. Sukamimus and Baryonyx are both from the same family. That means they both have the same basic weapons. 
which means the only advantage either one's going to have is going to be size. And I believe, now I may be wrong, but I believe Barry Onyx is a little bit larger than Sukumimus. I think it is. And if it is, then the fight is going to ultimately go to Baryonyx simply because of its size. But if they are not the same, if they are not, if Baryonyx is not bigger than Sukumimus, then I think you would flip a coin to decide who wins. This is a good one, though. I like this. Okay, Coramina Rex. What a great name. Coramina Rex. Brachiosaurus versus a giant carnivorous plant. Hey, this is a cool one. You know, this is the first time I think anybody has ever suggested a who would win and included a plant and a carnivorous plant. Well, if it was a big carnivorous plant, and let's say it was a baby Brachiosaurus, maybe it could, maybe, maybe it could take on a baby Brachiosaurus. But I don't think it could, and here's why, uh, Coramina Rex, Coramina Rex, because the muscle, the musculature build of Brachiosaurus, even a baby, is meant to carry a lot of weight, which means it has a lot of power. The strength of the plant is probably not going to be able to withstand the power of a Brachiosaurus. Even if it, say, it, it was able to, like, like a Venus flytrap, catch the dinosaur, the power of that dinosaur would be enough to be able to rip apart the plant. See, carnivorous plants rely on catching something that doesn't have the strength to rip through the leaves or through the plant material. And I believe in the case of Brachiosaurus, it certainly could. So if it was an even match, I think I would give it to Brachiosaurus. That's very interesting, though. Okay, Alexis L. says, how about Megalodon versus Titanoboa? Wow. Now, this would be a fight, of course, that would be taking place in the water. If Titanoboa could wrap some coils around the gills of Megalodon, Megalodon is going to drown very quickly because it cannot get any oxygen. Titanoboa being like boas, it probably hunted in the water. They have an ability to hold their breath for a very long time, even while they are applying squeezing pressure to their prey. Now, if Megalodon sees Titanoboa and can swim up and grab him, he's going to bite Titanoboa in half, and that's going to be like the biggest piece of spaghetti Megalodon ever eats. But if Titanoboa somehow is able to get some coils around its head, See, if it squeezed its body, it probably wouldn't bother him at all. In fact, it would have a hard time squeezing it because there's no bony structure. It would just kind of ooze out on either side. It's like squeezing a water balloon. When you squeeze a water balloon, it doesn't always burst. Sometimes it kind of gets bigger on one end and littler where you're squeezing it. Now, Megalodon isn't made of jelly like that, but the fact that it doesn't have bones means that it can't be crushed as easily. It may be able to be crushed, but it may be is not going to be able to crush any vital organs unless it wraps its body around its head by its gills. If it does that, then Titanoboa would literally drown the Megalodon. But if not, Megalodon is going to bring an order of meatballs with him so that when he eats the big piece of spaghetti, he's going to have meatballs to go with it. 
All right, Trip asked about T-Rex versus Megacerops. Ooh, this is a good one. I always like animals from different time periods fighting. I always find that to be very interesting. And by the way, all of these questions, of course, are coming from members of the Patreon club, but you have to be a T-Rex member to submit who would wins. So, Trip, this is an interesting one. T-Rex versus Megacerops. Well, Megacerops is that rhinoceros-like creature with the big sort of Y-shaped horn on the end of its nose, giving it a lot of power. And based on my knowledge of Megacerops, if it came running at full charge and lowered its head, it could probably shatter the lower leg of a Tyrannosaurus. I honestly believe he has that kind of power. And if it can shatter the lower leg and T-Rex goes to the ground, he's not going to get up. He's not going to stand on one leg. He can't hop around on one leg. He's not getting up. And if that's the case, then fight is over. You can't do anything. With T-Rex, all it takes is one bite. One bite from that gigantic mouth filled with bacteria. The bite alone is going to be massive. Could bite Megacerops in half. So in this particular fight, speed is probably going to go to Megacerops. Maybe not in a long-distance race. But the ability to outmaneuver something as big as a Tyrannosaurus is probably realistic. So I believe Megacerops stands a pretty good chance of surviving this thing. I think it does. But one bite from a T-Rex in this fight is over. All right. uh, This is Inez in Australia, who's seven years old. Dakota Raptor versus Dinosaur George without stink bombs versus Smilodon. Well, you rotten little kid. You stinking kid. How dare you? How dare you put me in a fight without my stink bombs? How can I become El... I mean, how can I defend myself without my stink bombs? So if you're going to throw me in with the Dakota Raptor, right away, it's going to eat me. Thank you very much. I hope you're happy with yourself. Can't believe you just fed me to a Dakota Raptor. And that leaves Dakota Raptor versus Smilodon. And this is a pretty good battle. This is a pretty good battle because Smilodon has got claws on its all four feet plus those big teeth. And of course, uh, Dakota Raptor's got the recurve claw on its foot. This, I say, is a very evenly matched battle. This is a pretty evenly matched battle. If Dakota Raptor is as big as some scientists believe, which means it's bigger than I mean Utah Raptor, then that would give it a little bit of an advantage. But even that may not be enough. Oh, boy. Listen, this is a tough one. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly, Inez. I hope I pronounced that correctly, Inez or Inez. I hope I said it correctly. Even though you took away my stink bombs, you rotten kid. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Uh, so who's going to win this one? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I, I don't know if I can answer the. I can't give an answer to this. What do you all? What do all of you think? Hands up if you think it was Dakota Raptor. And now hands up if you think it was Smilodon. I'm going to try to count all of you. Uh, I'm having trouble seeing everybody because my microphone is in the way. <laughs> I don't know. It's a great one. It's a good one. And then Otis, who is also from Australia, says. 
Pachycephalosaurus versus Albertosaurus. This is a good one, too. This is a good one, too. Pachy is probably going to be faster. I think it would be faster. Uh, Albertosaurus, way more powerful, though. Absolutely more powerful. So this is a very good one. Uh, I don't know if Pachy would have the ability, though, to break the leg, the lower leg of Albertosaurus. I don't think it had that much strength in it. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that powerful. And so I'm going to say that, in my opinion, I think it's going to be uh, Albertosaurus who is going to win this fight. All right. When we come back, I'm going to jump over and check a couple of things from the Ask Dinosaur George. I mean, from the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. If you you would like to join this group, it's a lot of fun. It's totally free. There's no cost. It's completely free and you get to post pictures and comments and cool stuff. And so uh, uh, I'm going to take just a short break so I can kind of catch my breath. I will talk about if you would ever like uh, uh, for school, if you would ever like to have your own virtual lessons for school, then pay attention to this. Now you can bring Dinosaur George into your classroom, home, or facility anywhere in the world with our virtual lessons. We offer over 15 different topics, including dinosaurs, prehistoric mammals, rocks and minerals, and more. Any age, any location, and any time zone. Visit us at DinosaurGeorge.com. You know, the coolest thing about virtual lessons, I have done virtual lessons now in Chile, South America. I've done them in, of course, Canada, Alaska, all over the United States, India, Germany. Uh, where else? Where else is some of them? I'm trying to think of other countries. I've done them in England. Uh, I've done one in France. So the cool thing about the virtual lessons is I can do them anywhere. And the same goes with private lessons. There's really no difference between private lessons and, and the virtual lessons I talk about. Private lessons are for you, and if you want to invite friends or other people, you can, or you can just be yourself. Virtual lessons are really more for, like, big groups, but they're the same thing, same price, exactly the same thing. All right, let's jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page and see what's shaking over there. First of all, Jackson Rex created an apatosaurus with pipe cleaners. Hey, that's a great picture, and I love that. You put it over your dinosaur park. That's really cool. I like that dinosaur park. Shout out to you, Jackson. That's very, very cool. And then this is so this is so nice. This is great. These pictures are great. This is from the uh, Riddle family, unless you guys pronounce it Riddell. Uh, it's different for everybody. I think it's Riddell. Uh, these guys stopped by on their way to South Padre Island, Texas. They stopped by my museum and store in, uh, uh, in Trader's Village. And it was so much fun meeting all of you guys. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a bunch. I loved the I loved all the pictures of all you guys out there working, which was so cool. Um, what else was there? There was. Let me see. Hi, dinosaur George. We had so much fun um, at your museum. At uh-huh. your museum. Thank you for the best time ever. Also, we know you are a stinko because you are stink bombs. So you're a stinko. Yeah, El stinko. El stinko. You rotten, stinking kids! You even did a song and dance about us. I'm not El Stinko! No one knows the identity of El Stinko, especially you. You three, what am I going to do with you guys? 
Listen, I enjoyed meeting you guys, and that was so much fun. And thank you for the pictures and the video. <laughs> All right, this is so cool. Uh, Oliver Soros plus Dino George plus Bath Time plus Dino Lego Toys equals an hour of fun for mom or an hour for mom to unpack the day and prep the next one. <laughs> well, that is so cool. And that is so great. And I'm so glad that uh, Oliver Soros is putting you through all that. And what a good mom to go through having to pick this stuff up and get everything ready. That's just great. That's really great. Hey, this is really cool. Uh, you know what? This is from my buddy JW who posted Albertosaurus and Gorgosaurus and a comment about, are these two different dinosaurs or are they the same thing? Cause there's a lot of debate in this. Many scientists believe that the two are different enough that they justify being given different names. But then some other people believe that they may simply be the same animal, just a little different version of each. As the comment that JW made, Gorgosaurus lived between 77 to 74.5 million years ago. Albertosaurus lived between 72 to 69 million years ago. So the question is, are they two different dinosaurs or did the Gorgosaurus side just looked slightly different because it was an earlier version. Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know, but this would make a really interesting uh, uh, lesson one day. That'd be cool. Then my little buddy, my best buddy, Emilio Raptor, posted a picture of a raptor running through the snow in his new home in Waxahachie, Texas. It's snowing up there, and he posted a really cool picture. If you guys want to see it, it looks like it's alive. That thing is that's really great. That is so, so cool. Um, let's see. Also, oh, this is so cool. Kennedy. I got a chance to meet Kennedy. Uh, she was out this past weekend at Trader's Village and Kennedy and I walked behind the railing to let her get a closer look at all the different dinosaurs. Kennedy knows so much. She knows so much about, uh, um, about dinosaurs had such a good time. Kennedy had such a great time. Thank you for posting that picture uh, on there. That is so cool. Thank you so much for doing that. That's very kind of you, uh, Marina, for posting that picture. I had such a good time. Okay. JR wanted to share something he drew. First pictures where dinosaur George slash El Stinko. All right. Why did he call? Why did you put a slash between those two? I am not El Stinko. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Stronger than Superman, smarter than Batman, better than Spider-Man. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. So, Dinosaur George went back in time and got eaten by a giant T-Rex. You stinking kid. You stinking kid. Well, that's nice. Okay, the next picture is also back in time when Dinosaur George found an Iguanodon. Okay, well, at least the Iguanodon isn't eating me, thank you very much. And it looks like I'm holding his thumb spike. Great pictures, buddy. I appreciate them very much. I'm not El Stinko. Stop calling me El Stinko. All right, here we have, uh, oh, this is cool. This is from the Harrison family. This is amazing. This, he's standing in front of a Spinosaurus skull. That is amazing. 
absolutely cool. That is Spinosaurus aegypticus. What a great picture. I hope you enjoyed seeing it because that's a crazy. Where'd you guys, where'd you see that, by the way? That's really cool. I like that a lot. I have that same skull in my collection in my museum at Trader's Village. That's so cool. All right. This is from my friend Gemma and little Susie Soros, who posted something. You know, they, you guys post the most positive stuff, Gemma. Thank you, Susie Soros, for doing that. I love that you always share your books and your different things. This is so, this is so cool. Oh, what a great picture. Susie Bell, let the world hear you roar. Yeah, let them, because you're, you should be very proud of yourself, because I'm certainly proud of you. All right, let's see. This is from uh, Oliver Soros's Frank and Don. That's kind of cool. Frank and Don. Uh, Frank and Don looks like a cat. He's blending in. Reading time in soon so he can have some freeze-dried meat treats. All right, this is so cool. So that's his cat, Frank and Don. Frank and Don. Not Franken. Frank and Don. What a great name for a cat. That's so cool. Okay, Akash. Hey, what do we got here? Uh, let's Let me take a listen to this. I want to see what this is. This is a short video. Let's see what it is. Hey, Dinosaur George. Do dinosaurs have gums? Because hey. I don't know. Hey, that's a great... Do paleontologists know or scientists do any of them know if dinosaurs have gums? Or is it, or is it still undiscovered? Wow. Bye. What a, hey, great, qu- what a great question. That's a great question. Akash, that's a very good question. Did they have gums? There's a lot of debate about that as well. Did they have, now they would have had gums because that's what holds the tooth in place. So they definitely had them. I guess the question for me is, can you, could you be able to see them or not? Some scientists think that dinosaurs had lips. Others think they don't. But they definitely would have had gums because that's the spot that kind of holds the tooth in its place. So I think they had gums, but whether or not you could see them is an interesting question. That's a great question. I don't know. That's a very good question. I like that a lot. That's a good one. But yeah, I do believe they had them, but whether you could see them or not would be uh, difficult. Okay. Rito Raptor has a question for Dinosaur George. He'd like to know if any dinosaurs have been discovered in the mid-Missouri area. Well, my friend Marcio was nice enough to post a discovery uh, in Missouri, but I'm not sure what part of Missouri it was found in. So I don't, I'm not familiar, and I'm familiar with the duck bill that they found in Missouri, but I'm not familiar enough with where it was located. So would it be in your general mid-area? I don't know. You know what, Rito Raptor? You have the name of the animal. You can go look it up. Marcio's nice enough to, uh, to post a link. Go in there and read the article and see if it tells you where it was found. And then that will answer your question, whether it was found in the mid part of the area. Okay, Isaac, who will be nine in February in England. Hey, hey, Isaac, happy birthday. Wants to know if Baryonyx, wants to know if Baryonyx and Parasaurolophus lived at the same time. Also, were there, were Titanoboas cannibals? Well, 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 well. That's a very interesting question. That's a very interesting question. Um, 
First of all, Isaac, you know, I would get a dinosaur to sing happy birthday. But my fear is my leg still hurts from where I got bit when, when I was trying to chase that velociraptor out of here. Who always adds, adds cha-cha-cha. It just drives me nuts. I can't stand that. So I've got a baby T-Rex that can sing happy birthday. Let me see, though, if uh, hopefully maybe the T-Rex, uh, the little raptor, will be afraid of him. All right, here we go. T-Rex is going to sing happy birthday to you, Isaac. Happy birthday to you. I don't see any raptor. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to eat you for breakfast. Cha-cha-cha. And great. Oh, go ahead and finish. And spit out your shoes. Okay. He came in, but he ran when he saw this T-Rex, so at least that song came off pretty well. Happy birthday to you, buddy. Baryonyx and Parasaurolophus, I don't know if they lived at the same time, but they were separated by continents. You had Baryonyx over with you and Parasaurolophus over, Par- Parasaurolophus over here. Uh, so I don't, I don't know for certain if they did. I want to say Baryonyx was a little bit later than Parasaurolophus, I think. But as for Titanoboa being a cannibal, I do not believe, I don't believe that, that boas are snake eaters because I don't know if they're capable of squeezing a snake. I don't think their body works that way. So I don't, I've never known one to be a, to be a snake eater. So I'm going to say no to that question. That's a great question though. That's very good. All right, let's go. Um, 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 uh, okay, cool. I'm just flipping through these as I go. Oh, this is cool. This is from Esther, who's six. A carnotaurus drinking water with a knocked over tree. Oh, I love this. And I like the bright colors you used. Esther, it's very good. That's really good. Uh, Oliver Soros in Connecticut saved a cool box for a dinosaur diorama. I like this one. That's a great diorama. It looks three-dimensional. I love that a lot. That's really, really good. I like that a lot. And now this is kind of interesting as well. This is, uh, we made our own dinosaur dig with baking soda and water, and then Aranosaurus buried some of his toy skeletons, some of them made by Aranosaurus. Oh, that's cool. And let it dry overnight. So it's a video. It's a video of that they created their own dig and they put their own dinosaurs in it. Hey, let's take a listen. So they're actually breaking through. I can't say what kind of foot it is. Oh, I thought it was. Hey, this is really good. So you see, I'm digging up the bonus. Usually I would dig up the actual dinosaur skeleton. But you know what? That's an excellent way to do it. And you've dug up your whole dinosaur. You took your time. You dug it up. Very, very proud of you guys. This is really good. And it's really cool that you made your own. You know, if any of you would like to get details about how they made it, um, uh, go to the go to the Dinosaur George Kids group and just post a question down there. That's really, really cool. Okay, this is great. This is from Raiden, 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 Raiden,
who's a new T-Rex club member. Welcome, buddy. Looks like he is, he's got the head of a, okay, wait a minute. You actually have the head of an Allosaurus. Uh, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. This child actually has a real Allosaurus. Oh, wait a minute. Your head is stuck in there. Okay, I thought that was your head. Thank you so much for sending a warm roar to everyone. This is from the Paleontology Museum in München. Well, thank you guys so much for being members. Thank you, and I love that picture, and I love Allosaurus. Thank you for doing that. That's so cool. Let's see. Oh, Kansas. Um, happy birthday to Kansas. What a nice thing to do. Henry, age four, and Harvey, age one, had to feature the Elasmosaurus in the Kansas dirt dessert. Well, that dessert looks scrumptious, and I think I might come over there and eat it. And I'm glad you guys included Elasmosaurus. Happy birthday to your state as well. That's really, really good. I like that a lot. That's so cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? I'm just going through there. Uh, Fusque's birthday is coming Wednesday. Hey, well, happy birthday to my little friend Fusque, who just had a birthday uh, just a day or two ago. Happy birthday! Let me take a let me take a listen because he did a video and it looks like an amazing drawing. Let's take a listen. Let's let's hear what he has to say. Big art project here. And I wanted to show it to you. And this is Iguanodon. This is Triceratops. This is a baby Apatosaurus. This is an Adosaurus. And this is a T-Rex. And this is like, there is going to be a new Jurassic Park um, um, movie in this summer. And I'm so excited for that, and I want to watch it. And there was like a like allosaurus kind of dinosaur, so I wrote this. And I I have these Indoraptor and T Rex Lego. I but I have more. I have Carnotaurus, and I got a uh, Raptor Blue. I got a kind. Well, I already said Carnotaurus. And I, I also got a Triceratops, and I also got a Dilophosaurus, and and I want to get a Spinosaurus next. And I got a, I got from my mom a Indominus Rex, and that was the. And today is my birthday, and and. I have a bunch of pictures here too. Like this one, Spinosaurus and T-Rex. What a Thank you for everything. You Bye, got Dinosaur it, buddy. George. Bye, Fuske. You are amazing. What an amazing artist. What an artist. And I love all of your toys and happy birthday to you, buddy. Um, let me see if I can bring that rat. Okay, I'm gonna do something special. I'm gonna bring in that raptor. Just for you. All right, let me see if I can find him. All right, this time I will sing happy birthday. Happy birthday. Get him off of me. Get him off of me. Ow, 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 get him off. Cha, 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 get him off of me. Get. Oh. Oh. Okay, that was nuts. 
I thought he was going to sing happy birthday. He just went nuts because I chased him out with a broom earlier. I can't believe it. Man, this is nuts. All right. <laughs> ah, Owen, you posted where you saw that, uh, where you saw that Spinosaurus at the fossil show in Tucson. Hey, that is cool. I am so glad that you you posted where you saw that and you shot a little video about it. Let's hear what you had to say. Hi, Dinosaur George. I'm a new club member and I'm T-Rex one and my, and my name is Owen and guess where I went today? I went to the Tucson Mall, I mean, Tucson Gem Show and and I got some stuff. I got that, a T-Rex. It's part of a T-Rex. Oh, yeah, it's real T-Rex bone. Nice. And and then we got a Megalodon tooth. Nice. Very cool, huh? Nice. It's a beautiful tooth. And the last tooth we got is a Spinosaurus Oh, tooth. yeah, baby. Spinosaurus. That is amazing. Well, Owen, welcome to the Patreon Club. I'm glad to have you as a member with us. I'm absolutely glad to have you with us. Thank you, and I love all of your pictures. They are absolutely incredible. That is so cool. All right, one more. Hi, Dinosaur George. My five-year-old son and T-Rex member Gus was playing one of his favorite games with us at dinner. Uh, Guess in 10 Dinosaur Edition. And he came up with a question for you. He informed us that the identity of Taurosaurus is hotly debated among paleontologists. Some quick-thinking parent Googling confirmed that this for me and his dad and led us to the interesting conversation. Gus's stance is that Taurosaurus was actually a triceratops at a later stage in life. He would like to know your opinion in an upcoming podcast. Well, well, first of all, thank you for sharing the uh, um, uh, your your game, which is kind of cool. Thank you for being a T-Rex member, Gus. Okay, this is something that has gone back and forth a number of times. But in my opinion, I am of the opinion that they are two completely different dinosaurs. That they are not the same thing. That they are completely different. It is my opinion that there is enough differences to be considered their own opinion. And as of today, I believe they are two distinctively different. Keep in mind, paleontology and all science for that matter, changes all the time. Sometimes we look at the evidence and two people looking at the same evidence can sometimes come up with two different hypotheses, two different guesses. And so it's possible that um, it's possible that um, it could be a different stage in life. But see, here's the thing. Um, I think that they are, when you look at tr- Triceratops and you look at Torvosaurus, they're both really big. And it's not like the tr- Triceratops skeletons that have been found have been tiny and that Torvosaurus's skeleton is giant. It's not like that at all. What it is really like is that both of them appear to be adults 
And so if they magically see, I'm not a big proponent of this idea that that dinosaurs morph at a certain stage in life. I disagree with that completely. I've never agreed with that. Um, I've, I've always felt that like almost every other animal on earth with the exception of, of insects and some fish and some amphibians, you look like your parents and birds look like their parents when they're born, they're just smaller. Reptiles look like their parents. Most fish resemble their parents. Mammals look like their parents. So what would make us think that dinosaurs go through this magical process of turning into something different at a certain stage in its life? Now, it is true that some animals today can certainly grow antlers, for instance. They don't, they're not born with them, but they grow those. In some reptiles, they, they add maybe little spiky-looking things to their body, but the body shape stays the same. So the idea that Taurosaurus, well, Triceratops magically morphs into Taurosaurus or vice versa to me just doesn't make any sense. The same with the Pachycephalosaurus. I just, I've got to see more evidence before I think. And the same with Nanotyrannus. I'm going to say that for the record as well. A lot of young scientists hear this and they freak out. You shouldn't disagree. What do you mean I shouldn't disagree? This is science. Science is constantly changing. So for me personally, the only thing I can look at is modern animals. I look at modern animal behavior and that helps me understand behavior from the past. Well, I also look at modern animal anatomy and we don't see a lot of changes in the skeletal design because along with these changes would also mean that the brain would have to, in some cases, change shape or move to a different position in the skull. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So in my opinion, I believe that Taurosaurus and Triceratops are two distinctively different species, but it could be that in future discoveries, maybe my opinion will change on that. But as for now, I don't. All right. Uh, for everybody out there, if you want to become a Patreon club member, and I hope you will consider doing it, if one of the benefits, if you become a T-Rex member, is you are given the ability to be interviewed. So now we're going to listen to an interview I had with one of our T-Rex members. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. Today's interview is with my little buddy, Oscar. Oscar, how you doing, man? Good. Did you have a good holiday? Yeah. Nice. How old are you, Oscar? Five. 55 years old. That's pretty good. No, five. Just five. Oh, okay. You're just five years old. Okay. Are you married yet? No. Well, I'm just checking, Oscar. I don't know these things. Okay. <laughs> so you're five years old. Do you have a job? Where do you work? Are you in the military? Do you fly no, airplanes? I don't have a job. You got fired from your job? No! 
<laughs> Oscar, that is so cool. So you're five years old. And what state do you live in, Oscar? What is the state? Not your address, but your state. Can you check and see? New York. Oh, it must be very cold up there. Is it? Is it cold? Uh, on some days in December, it's not really cold, but I think, wait, today's sunny, right? Yeah, today's sunny. Oh, nice. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. So, did you get some good stuff for Christmas? Did you get some toys or books? What did you get? Uh, um, I think this thing is going to eat you, but... Okay, first of all, don't let anything in me. Oh, look at that. Is that Indominus Rex? Is that that one? Yeah, I like it a lot. Oh, and he look, looks cool. There's color on, on the head. Oh, I like that very much. That's and look, cool. when you put the hand in, right? what is this sound? Oh, that's it's chomps. That's eating sound. That is that's, so cool. But, but it just said to me that it was going to eat you. Oh, great. It's going to eat me. Why is everything always eating me? Well, Oscar Carnotaurus, now you go by the nickname Oscar Carnotaurus. It's not not Oscar Carnotaurus. It's regularly Oscarnotaurus. Oscarnotaurus. Oh, the Oscarnotaurus. Hey, that's cool. So, do do you like Carnotaurus? Is that why you use that nickname, or did you think that's just a cool name? Um, before when I was four, I. I like Carnotaurus, and I still like them now. Oh, I do, too. I think Carnotaurus is cool. Do you have any Carnotaurus toys or anything? Uh, I had one when I was three, but, um, oh, wait. He got eaten by something? No, no, no. Um, we, uh, I think I lost it, right? Oh. Yeah. No, it. that happens. I, I've lost a lot of toys over my life. So, Oscar, what uh, what kind of things do you like to do when you're at home? Do you like to play with your dinosaur toys, or do you uh, like to play games? Do my sticker activity book. Oh, look at that. It's about cool animals, and it has sharks, lions, and everything else I have. But, and, and also, I, I finished one um, when I was... Three or four. Okay, I'll go show. Um, uh, what's it? Okay, <laughs> Oscar's Oscar's Come running to down, show Oscar. me something. <laughs> I guess it's gone now. That's okay. So you like animals, right? You you have your sticker animal book. Do you just like animals too? I well, I like mammals, pterosaurs, marine reptiles, um, uh, dinosaurs, animals, and um. Sharks? Creativity. Oh, nice. And, and sharks. Oh, nice. So with animals that are alive today, like elephants and rhinos and lions, do you have a favorite kind of animal that's alive today? I have two. What do you like? One is giraffe and two is hippopotamus. Oh, man, I love hippopotamus. Now, let me ask you something, Oscar. In the wild, are hippopotamus nice or dangerous? Um, dangerous. Good boy. You're right. Hippopotamuses are very powerful animals. What do hippos eat? Do they eat plants, fish, or meat? Uh, I don't know, but I probably say meat. You know what? They are herbivores. They eat plants. 
Oh, they're kind. Okay. You you know what's related to a hippopotamus? Horses are kind of related to hippopotamus. Yeah, and, and I have hippopotamus and and giraffes in my in, in my animal book right now. Oh, nice. Now, do you I like? It, it was on page, I think. Yeah, two. Nice. Now you say you like giraffes. Do you like giraffes because of their color or because how tall they are? How tall they are and color. So was there a dinosaur that you can think of that had a long neck like a giraffe? Brachiosaurus. Nice. So does that and the other sauropods? Right. So does that mean giraffes are related to sauropods, or are they from a different family? They're from. Um, they look the same, but they're not from the same family. At a boy, nicely done. You should be a teacher. You want a job working for me? <laughs> <laughs> So you have books. Are you learning how to read? Yeah, I've, 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 um, I'm just finishing my next book. You're five and you're already reading a book? Yeah, I, well, I've read, I've read many books of mine. Oh. Like almost 50, million. That's more than two. Yeah. <laughs> I have many books in my room. My, my my room has many toys and a thousand hundred and fifty million books. I am glad. Re, being a good reader is very important. And I'm so glad that your parents make sure that you read. I'm very proud of you because that's very, very good. What's it? All right. Oscar stepped away to go get me something. By the way, that Indominus Rex is gigantic. That toy is huge. Yeah, and you can fit other animals in its mouth, you said, right? Yeah. Well, small. Small animals, right. Just small. So I know you like Carnotaurus. What other dinosaurs do you like? Uh, King of the Dinosaurs, Spinosaurus, and the Indominus and Indoraptor. Oh, wow. So you, you like the meat eaters the best. I, I did, too. And the Scorpius. Yeah. You know, I've not seen Camp Cretaceous. I still haven't seen that. Is that a pretty good show? Uh, I've watched all four episodes or all four seasons. Oh, I, nice. It already has, it has four seasons. So all of them are done now? Yeah, I've watched them all. Oh, that's cool. So do you have, um, did you have a favorite episode of all of them? Was there one you liked better than the other? Do you like them all I the same? I have two. One, one, where, one in the, one in, what? One in the season four one, which is um, which had a Spinosaurus chasing the campers, and the one in uh, I think season two or season three, which had the the Scorpius climbing down a tree and chasing the campers, just like the Spinosaurus was. Oh wow! So what about Spinosaurus? Do you like Spinosaurus as well? Yeah, because because it has a very big sail on its back. It does. What do you think that and, sail and is for? And because of the snout. Oh, the snout. You like the long now snout. So what? Do, what do you think that sail was for, Oscar? What do you think it was used for? Uh, uh sunlight. Capture sunlight. That's a good one. That's a good answer. I, I agree with you. I think that that could have been the case. Now, with its long, skinny snout, we know it could catch fish. Do you think it also maybe ate small dinosaurs or pterosaurs even? Um. Yeah. I think it could. I um I I learned that from my dinosaur book. Um, I I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in my room. That's okay. That's so cool. 
And you said you like pterosaurs. Do you like the little ones or the, the big ones? The big ones and the little ones and the medium ones. Oh, wow. Now, were you on the lesson that I did the pterosaur lesson on recently? Were you able to join us for that one? Nope. Oh, well, you know what? Um, because you're a T-Rex member, you can go onto Patreon and you can find the pterosaur lesson if you ever want to watch it. You can watch the pterosaur lesson. It's Some of those pterosaurs are amazing. Some are gigantic. Can you think of the name of a giant pterosaur? Um, what is he? Do you know the, can you think of the name of a giant pterosaur, one of the big ones? Um, uh, I think Nicely done. You are the smartest kid in the entire world. That was very, very good. Okay, so what about museums? Are there any museums that you've been to? Natural, natural history, mm-hmm. which is my favorite. Yeah. The, the, the one in New York City, is that the one you're talking about? No, I mean the Natural History Museum. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love the Natural History Museums. Do you also like to learn things like about like the Egyptian people or the Romans? Do you study any of that yet? Uh, nope. Yeah, as you get older, you might decide to do that. And what about space? Do you are are you interested in the planets and the stars? Yeah, I I I also have a space activity book. Oh, nice. You've got a lot of activity. So and and cute animals. Oh, cool. I love animals too. I'm like you. I like them very much. You know what? I don't like snakes as much. I don't like snakes. They scare me. I I love prehistoric snakes such as the the Titanoboa. Whoa. What a big snake that thing is. What do you think? Do you think I think it's the longest snake that I've ever seen and the biggest. I think you are correct. I think it is. Um, do you know one of the things that it liked to eat was uh, marshmallows? No, that's not. <laughs> so, so, I think someone else wrote marshmallows on it. <laughs> who, like, who, who in the hat, who, who in the entire world is, is writing marshmallows? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you think that snake ate then? If it's not eating marshmallows, what is it eating? Chocolate mice. chip cookies? <laughs> Chocolate no, chip mice? I, Mice. Mice cookies. Mice Mice cookies. You eat mice cookies? No, I said Titanoboa eats mice. Oh, I thought you said your mom made you a mice cookie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'd want to eat a mouse cookie. Would you want to eat a mouse cookie? Me either. I think that'd be kind of gross. I don't like it. So um, what about stuff that you do outside? Do you like to play outside? Do you do stuff outside? I know it might be kind of cold this time of the year. Yeah, I background um, um, near my table, which is right here. Right. Well, we're talking. Oh, very neat. Now, it snows where you live. Have you ever, do you ever go on a no, no, sled? No, it doesn't, it, it doesn't snow here. Oh, it right? doesn't snow. Well, that's kind of cool. Uh, I, live in, I live in Texas. It never snows here. Well, once in a while it does, but it doesn't snow very often here. So the kids here don't know how to play in the snow because they've never seen snow before. Oh, that's good for me too, and sad because um, you know why it's ha- I feel happy and and sad. Why? Well, well, let's talk about the happy party. Um, so so that I don't trip on the snow when I when I when I when I when I am uh, or am playing in the park or playground. Right. Yeah, that's good. But if you do trip on it. 
Do are you do you get cold when you fall in the snow? No. If I land on my back, then then I can make snow angels. Well, that's cool. What about mud angels? You ever laid in the mud? <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend making a mud angel. That's not as much fun. I don't know what yeah. a mud angel is, but it sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> That is cool. So let's talk about, now, you mentioned your favorites were the meat eaters, mine too, but what about some of the plant-eating dinosaurs? Are yeah, there yeah. Some? I, I, I like the uh, the hybrid herbivores. Oh, wow. Can you name one of the hybrids? Because I'm not familiar with them. Uh, Can you mix like a Triceratops and a Stegosaurus together? Yeah, I think that collapses... Um, Stegotops, right? Oh, cool. Stegotops. Stegotops. That's kind of cool. It's like, it's like a triceratops, it's like a triceratops with, with uh, four spikes on the end of its tail, like snake stores, and has a frill like triceratops and has um, spikes on the, on, on it, and also has, but, um, um, but, um, uh, but also has spikes on his back, like that. Wow. A- and can glow in the dark. Oh my gosh. Boy, that's very well protected. Is there any meat eater that could attack him, you think? Uh, well, he can all, he can also, um, get, um, one of his lights somewhere else in another, in, in a carnival, in and the carnivores, where the carnivore lives, and then the carn, and then the carnivore would go back where where the where where the light was. Oh, nice, very cool. Now, what about what about animals that are not dinosaurs? Now, you mentioned you like pterosaurs and you like the swimming reptiles. Mammals. What about some of the mammals? What kind of prehistoric mammals do you like? I like Smilodon and the woolly mammoth. Oh, yeah, baby. Smilodon is amazing. You know what's a real mystery is I wonder why Smilodons didn't survive, why they went extinct. Yeah, I don't know that either, but also I like the 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 mammal that you did on before the Archaeopteryx one. It was like... Did I do that big rhino kind of a rhinoceros animal? Is that the yeah, one you did? Yeah, and the... And, Wait, was it Andrew Sarkis? Oh, Andrew Sarkis, yeah. 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 I said that one. Oh, yeah, man. I like Andrew Sarkis a lot. I like him. The, the podcast I'm getting ready to do, I think today or tomorrow, I'm not sure yet, is going to be on a prehistoric whale named Brigmophysetter. It was a meat-eating whale. It ate seals and dolphins and sharks. It ate kids named Oscar. It ate... <laughs> you just hit me! What? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. It ate seals and dolphins and sharks and Oscar, and it ate all kinds of them. It's an Oscar again. I'm sorry. It Who ate, was writing Oscar on it? I don't know. It ate seals and dolphins and sharks and goldfish ate him. Goldfish were the most dangerous predators in the ocean, right? Well, do you know that I could eat an entire, an entire... All, all of the goldfish teeth, and then and then eat all of the bones of it when I when I chomp off all of the 
all of the armor and <laughs> and flesh. So you're going to eat a goldfish for lunch? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfectly good plan. So you liked the... I uh, like all the goldfish in the, in the whole world. <laughs> There's a lot. What about goldfish crackers? Have you ever eaten those? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. I like goldfish crackers a little bit. I still have them. Wait, wait. Actually, I don't. I have the goldfish color crackers. Oh, right. No, we don't. Right. 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 That's cool. We were some That's cool. So you like the mammoths. Um, now, and the Smilodon. And Smilodon. Like, or, I mean, saber-toothed cats. Right. Yeah, I like I like Smilodon a lot. You know, there's there's two elephants that people confuse sometimes. Uh, one is called a mammoth, and the other is called a mastodon. Have you ever heard of mastodons before? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mammoths and mastodons are different. They look kind of similar, but they're different. Mammoths' yeah. tusks are more curly. What else? Show, tell me another difference. Can you tell me another difference? That 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 the mastodon is smaller and the and the mammoth is bigger. Good job. And mammoth has that big hump on its head, and mastodons don't. And the other thing that's different are their teeth. A mammoth's tooth is kind of flat, and a mastodon's tooth is kind of bumpy. So they're both giant elephants, but they look a little different. But that's, you know, there's animals that look similar, but they're not. Like you had mentioned, Brachiosaurus and giraffes, they look similar, but they're not the same thing, are they? Yeah. yeah. I, ca- I, I just I just said that. Yeah, absolutely correct. Well, I knew I heard it somewhere. Absolutely correct. So if you could go back in time, if there was a time machine and you could go back in time. And I would also build one. Okay. When you build a time machine and you go back in time, what prehistoric animals do you want to go see the stegotops oh nice nice i yeah. will go i will go riding on it you're gonna <laughs> ride around on the back of a of a hybrid dinosaur and, and then the and then the hybrid dinosaur would say hey everybody look at me <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> So if you had a pet dinosaur living in your house, which one would it be? It would be. Remember, it has to fit in your house. A, um, I would say. Comstognathus. Nice choice. What a smart kid. I would have said a brachiosaurus, but then it would have crushed my house. Yeah, because its head will, because its head will go all the way to the fifth floor. <laughs> You're right. Now, what is compies? What would you feed your compy? What could it eat? I know it eats uh, kids and marshmallows, <laughs> cheeseburgers, French fries, spaghetti. They love spaghetti. What would you feed them? I would feed them a chicken. Y- you know what? They would probably eat a chicken. That's very good. They probably look like chicken. Do you think they had feathers or not? No. You didn't. Because in Captain Cretaceous, because in Captain Cretaceous, the the compies do, do not have 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 feathers. And when I look at a picture of it, they have no feathers at all. Right. Well, 
you have to remember that new discoveries are starting to suggest that little meat eaters may have all had feathers. I think they would look cool with or without feathers. I like them no matter what. Do you think they would be good pets or would you have to be careful around a compie? Um, if it was going around me, I have a, also have a pet, a pteranodon that, that lives with other pteranodons. I would just whistle like this, and then the pteranodon will be coming, and then it would scare the Comstock Mathis off and look for a hiding, and the Comstock Mathis will look for a hiding spot and go into my house. That was cool. And- do your and whistle again. It, whistle one more time. That was great. Can you do your whistle? <laughs> I don't really know how to whistle yet, but... That's okay. okay. It sounds so super cool. <laughs> nice. So you have a train... You'd have a trained pterodactyl, a pterosaur. So could you fly... Could you ride on the back of your pterosaur or would you weigh too much? Um, I would... I could ride on it. And if someone was being... And if someone would needed help because of other because a flock of pteranodons were getting get trying to eat him then the pteranodon would just scare the other pteranodons off and then and then when the guy is falling down um i would i would get off fly down at it and then yell and and my my pteranodon's name is um Hello. Nice. And, I, and then I and then I would shout, "Hello, Becca!" And and then and then he would and then Hello would would go down and towards me, and then we would go save it. Nice. Oh, what a good kid! What a great name for a pterosaur, by the way. So now, do you have any questions you would like to ask me? Is there anything you'd like to ask, or do you have a who would win you'd like to ask? Who would win? All right. It better not include me. Okay. All right. Go ahead. But, what are your who I, would but win? But I'm also going to add you with stink bombs and, and some new weapons. Oh, nice. All right. Like, do your who would wins. Um, Tyrannosaurus Rex versus Aquacanthosaurus versus. 300 Consognathus versus Spinosaurus versus Dinosaur George with stink bombs, spider webs, um, spider bombs that can cut through armor and flesh and, and with a super bomb. Well, look, my stink bombs alone would wipe out the compies instantly. And then the poor Acrocanthosaurus and the T-Rex would have to try to hold their nose, but their hands are too short and they couldn't hold their nose and they would fall over from the stink bomb. My stink and, bombs are the greatest weapons in the world. And do you know what you do with the other actual ones? What? You would, you would shoot them on the other dinosaurs and then, and then they, they would never get up. And then, <laughs> And while that, you would ride a motorcycle back home. <laughs> oh, Oscar, you have the best sense of humor. You are absolutely hilarious. And the next one doesn't include you, but another one with extra, but but an, 
but your with your favorite dinosaur, but with extra stink bombs, like two hundred stink bombs. That it can spit extra stink bombs. Nice. So who would my favorite Allosaurus be? Dilophosaurus in the movie, which um, like I think it's spit venom in the movie, right? Right, right, correct. Like the 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 Dilophosaurus in the movie versus Allosaurus with two hundred stink bombs, (laughs) it can stink it can it can um spray out its mouth. Versus, um, with um, also with working with Allosaurus with with two hundred sting pumps, they can spit out. Well, nothing like two Allosaurus working together, and versus to to destroy one Dilophosaurus. Oh man, who do you think yeah. is going to win? The Allosaurus stink with stink bombs. Oh yeah, it's hard to beat an Allosaurus. But two Allosauruses with stink bombs, that would be the greatest battle in the world. All right, my little friend, um, there are thousands of kids all over the world that listen to this podcast. Oh, and also, I got to show you some. Where are we, Oscar? Come back, come back. It's, he's got something important, Dad. We got to see what this is. Come back. Dinosaur George got to ask questions. <laughs> okay, once again. Okay. So, oh, I like that. Those are Legos. What is there anything you would like to say to children all over the world with the new year? Would you like to wish them a happy new year? What would you like to say? Uh, hello. Well, hello is a good way to greet people. People will hear you all over the world. Oscar, did you have a good time with the interview? Yeah. Excellent. So let me see if I remember. You're 55 years old. You're married. You no, have a job. I, I- And you eat mouse cookies. No, I don't eat mouse cookies. I simply eat mice. You are correct. Well, happy new year to you, buddy. And thank you so much for doing this. Mom and dad, thank you for setting this up. And uh, Oscar, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Today I'm going to do dinosaur stuff, right? Yeah. And nice. Well, happy birthday to Dinosaur George. Happy birthday. Oh, that was very nice. I got to get my Indominus in here. All right, go get your your Indominus. Your Indominus is going to sing. Oh no, Dad! Is Indominus has to sing Happy Birthday? Go ahead, buddy. Okay. I hope he doesn't say say I'm going to eat you. Yeah, he better not. All right, go ahead. Let me hear him sing Happy Birthday. He might miss it. My friends, that wraps up today's podcast. I hope everyone is being safe. I hope everyone is having a great life. I hope you enjoyed learning about Balaur. There are 248,000 of you out there that have listened to this podcast in 124 countries across the world. To all of you, thank you so very much for listening. 
I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I hope you learned something new. You can become a Patreon member or you can join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group totally free of charge. Be safe. Be kind to everyone around you. Tell your parents you love them. And thank you all. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. I love every one of you. You're just like nieces and nephews to me. Only don't expect a gift every holiday because I would go broke. And finally, I am not El Stinko! to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.